Hey guys, it's Kathy Heller. Welcome back to another episode of Don't Keep Your Day Job. So I hope you guys have been enjoying that we're starting to do these mini episodes every single day. Mondays and Thursdays will be our usual full-length episodes, so today is one of those, but I am going to be committing to doing these daily doses every single day. So I hope you're enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. And I'd love to know what else you guys need. So if there's any certain topic you want me to cover or questions you want me to answer, come on over and find me on Instagram at kathy.heller. My DMs are always open. Say hello. Tell me what's on your mind. I'm definitely here for you. And speaking of being here for you, did you already sign up for the five-day challenge that I'm doing? go ahead and do so because it is free. It is five days. We start January 18th. I will be live every single day at noon Eastern Standard Time. If you sign up, you'll get sent the replay. I'll be doing giveaways every single day. Scholarships will be given away to my program. Come and join us because I will be going over how do you clarify and figure out your calling and then how do you build that into a business? I'll be giving you tactical, awesome strategies plus lots of deep, open-hearted discussion, you can sign up at kathyheller.com slash your turn because the challenge is called It's Your Turn. It's your turn to do your thing and get paid to show up as yourself. So kathyheller.com slash your turn. Now today is pretty special because today actually marks four years that we've been doing Don't Keep Your Day Job. This is our four-year anniversary and I really hope that this inspires you because you guys, I started the show before I had anything going on, before I had an email list, before I had an Instagram account, before I knew what the heck I was doing. I was in my closet recording this show and the first episode I recorded over and over again, like eight times until my throat was killing me. I kept re-recording it because I was like, ugh, I don't like how I sounded or I should have said this differently or I would hear the sound of a car going by in the background. And finally, after the eighth re-record, my throat was killing me. I was sweating. I was like, you know what? I'm not doing this. And I put it aside for a few days and I told Emma, my producer, you know, I'm not going to do the show, but I appreciate that you were going to work with me on it. I'm not, I'm not doing it. And then I said, wait a minute this is ridiculous. What if I do the show, but I just make it good enough and I don't overthink it? And so we did. And it's just amazing what's happened. You know, we're about 20 million downloads later. I've met incredible people who I've admired for so long from Seth Godin and Malcolm Gladwell and Jenna Fisher and Matthew McConaughey and Bobby Brown. I've been wearing her makeup since I'm 15. Like I've gotten to speak to all these incredible people, Howard Schultz, and they've all been kind and humble and inspiring and generous. And I got a book deal and now I'm about to write my second book and I've got to meet all of you. I've gotten to connect with people all over the world from like 17 different countries. Look what happens when you make a decision to be brave and do something messy. When you don't know what's going to happen, you don't know the ROI, and you just show up and you keep doing it. And I just want to say I'm so grateful for all of you because there you were. And I've never felt more seen in my entire life. And it's because of all of you. So I am doing a giveaway today. If you go to my Instagram, you'll see I posted about it today and yesterday. Essentially, all you have to do 
is go ahead and leave a review for the podcast and then post about the podcast on your Instagram and tag me. That's it. Do those two things and you will be entered. I'm going to choose four winners because this is our four-year anniversary and I'm going to give away four prizes, a spiritual gangster sweatshirt. I'm going to be giving away Vera Wang champagne flutes. I'm going to be giving away a podcast mic just in case you guys might want to start a podcast. And the fourth prize, I'll be giving away a scholarship to my program made to do this. All you've got to do is celebrate along with us and leave a review for the podcast and then go on to Instagram and do a post about the podcast and and tag me. And you'll find that I, I posted about this giveaway in my feed if you want all the details. But come on and celebrate with us. And thank you so much for making this four of the best years of my life. Uh, it's beyond my wildest dreams. So for today's episode, we are going to have a guest here, Jill Stanton, and I'm so excited to bring her on. But before we do, in honor of our four-year anniversary, I thought it would be cool to share some stories from some of our original listeners to see you know, what they've gotten out of this podcast and how it's helped them. So first, I want to give a big thank you to all of you who sent in voice memos. I was so touched to hear each and every one. My heart is so full just knowing how this podcast has changed your life. Let's listen to this amazing message from Christine Huey. Hi, my name is Christine, and I found Don't Keep Your Day Job in December of 2017. And I have to say that listening to this podcast over the last three years has completely transformed my life. In April of 2018, I decided to start my business, A Little Local Flavor, which is a food tour company in Nashville, Tennessee. And in the following 23 months, I did over a half million dollars in sales, and we are now considered one of the top 10% of attractions on TripAdvisor worldwide. And I have to say that I couldn't have done it without Kathy. So if you're listening to this, be sure to listen to her shows. It's amazing. I use them as private business coaching. So I listen to every episode. And whenever I hit a block in my business or I said, gosh, I don't know how to handle social media or I don't know how to handle copywriting. Whenever I hit something that I wasn't sure how to handle, I would search the archives. And sure enough, there was always the perfect episode with the perfect guest that could help me solve my problem. So if you're listening to this, I just want you to know that you can do it. And that if you take action on the takeaways that come out of each and every episode, that you can build an extraordinary business that not only changes your life, but can impact hundreds of others' lives as well. So thank you, Kathy. Congratulations on four years of the podcast. I cannot wait to see what happens in the next four and the next 10. Congratulations, Kathy. Oh my gosh, Christine, you are such a superstar. Half a million dollars in just 23 months. That is astounding. I love how resourceful you are and how you use this show as your business school. I hope we can continue building this library and resource so more incredible souls like you can follow in your footsteps. You guys can go give Christine some love. Her Instagram is at a little local flavor. Okay, the next message is an update from the delightful Brandy Morpugo, who came on the show two years ago to share this epic story of how she started her mobile bookstore, Daisy Chain Book Co. And since then, so much has been happening with her business. Take a listen. Happy four years, Kathy. Hi, it's Brandy Morpurgo from Daisy Chain Book Company here. We had a conversation about my business of a bookshop on wheels about two years ago, and so much has changed. 
The pandemic, of course, changed many things for small business, but books beautifully float above such chaos. So my sweet little book truck has grown up and become an independent bookstore here in the cutest little retail community in Edmonton. We opened on October 1st of 2020 because, yes, during a pandemic, you know I'm crazy like that. It's been going incredibly well. I also started my own podcast a year ago called The Book Truck Chronicles, but now I've changed it to The Book Shop Chronicles because, you know, we got to flow with the times. I'm also working on a book, but oh my gosh, one thing at a time, Brandy. Your book is always displayed prominently on my shelves. I will continue being your biggest fan from up north. Kathy, you're bringing so much good to the world, especially right now. And hey, when your second book is ready, let me know. I will make room for it in my store. All the best. Bye. Oh my God. It's so cool. Brandy, I'm so proud of you. Congrats on all of the growth and the success. It's beautiful. I'm so excited for you and the books and everything else that you're going to be doing with this business. It's phenomenal. Everyone, you should go check out what Brandy's doing. Her website is Daisy Chain Book Co. and her Instagram is at Daisy Chain Book Co. We also have some updates from a few more listeners who we've interviewed on the show. This one is from Zanetta Cock, who started Kitty Town Coffee, a coffee roasting company that names coffee after cats and supports local animal shelters. And here's what she said. Don't Keep Your Day Job has been so helpful to me in my business, especially in the early stages. Kathy was like a lifeline for me. I would listen to her podcast for hours to put my head in the right space. Even now, as my business has grown, her positive attitude and helpful advice keeps me going. Since I was on the podcast, I launched a second brand called Sydney Roasting Co. I got a contract selling coffee to Red Robin, and we just opened our first cafe. Congrats on four years, and thanks for always being an encouragement and a bright spot in my day. Oh my gosh, Zanetta, I love this. Congrats to you on the second company and partnering with Red Robin and opening your first cafe. Look at how much you've done in just a couple of years. I'm so inspired by you. Everyone go give some support to Zanetta. Her website is kittytowncoffee.com and her Instagram is at kittytowncoffee. Okay, the next update is from the lovely Danielle Silverstein, who hosts the Marriage of Martinis podcast with her husband, Adam. I've told her story so many times because it's such a great example of what you can build when you let yourself be vulnerable and put your imperfections out in the open. Here's a list of what they've been up to since we've had them on the show. Marriage and Martinis is now a top 20 relationship podcast in the United States, and it's downloaded in over 120 countries and has over 3.5 million downloads. Their social media community has grown to almost 400,000 followers. And she said, we were supposed to do some live shows in front of an audience, but unfortunately COVID put a halt on that, but we absolutely cannot wait to do those. She said, Adam and I were on the Tamron Hall show, have been in the New York Times, Parents, Huffington Post, BuzzFeed, and so many more places. We're so excited, she said, for what 2021 will bring and have some amazing episodes and guests lined up. And of course, we are forever grateful to Kathy for her advice to put it out there, even if it's not perfect. If it wasn't for that amazing insight, who knows if we ever would have taken the leap. Thank you so much, Kathy and Mazel Tov. Danielle, you never cease to amaze me, and I'm so proud of you and Adam. It's such a joy to see what your work is doing in the world, and I know it's only going to continue to grow. You all need to go listen to Danielle's podcast, Marriage of Martinis, and go follow her on Instagram because everything she posts is absolutely hilarious and so real, and she's at Marriage and Martinis. We got another message from the amazing Tumi Makanjula. Tumi is a vegan chef and a cookbook author and a teacher. Her episode is one of my favorites, and things have only gotten better for her since then. 
Here's what she said. It's unbelievable to think that it's been two years since I appeared on Kathy's podcast to share my experience of leaving my day job to focus on running the vegan Nigerian. It's been a totally rewarding learning experience so far, allowing me to explore creative projects that speak to me and allowing me to wake up every day feeling excited to put work out in the world. Even during the difficult year of 2020, I found myself well-placed to pivot online. In-person cooking workshops turned into Zoom workshops with individuals and organizations seeking a fun and community-centered activity. In a time where more people are experiencing increased isolation, it has been a joy to organize online activities that bring people together. I even dipped my toes into course creation and launched my first online course teaching people how to make traditional Nigerian snacks. I've seen my community grow exponentially to over 30,000 across my platforms, and I've had the opportunity to collaborate and create content with some incredible vegan brands that I've long admired. Once again, I have to give a special shout out to the Don't Keep Your Day Job podcast for providing that much needed inspiration to take the leap. Congratulations on four years of changing lives. Tell me, this is just so beautiful. My heart is so full from reading this. I love that you pivoted and you're making it all happen. I'm so excited for all the magical things that are still coming for you. You guys go give Tummy some love. Her website is veganigerian.com and her Instagram is at veganigerian. And guess what, you guys? Tumi is going to be working with us. She is a mentor now in the five-day challenge that we're doing. So if you'd like to meet her and some other amazing human beings who some of them have been guests on this show, you should go to kathyheller.com slash your turn and join us for this incredible five-day challenge, which is coming very soon. You can hang out with Tumi and me and a lot of other amazing women. Okay, last but certainly not least, we have a voice message from the one and only Cheesecake Ninja himself, Greg Franklin. He's got one of those amazing stories that needs to become a movie. So you got to go listen to his first episode, but real fast, just to get you up to speed if you don't know it. So Greg was a listener of this podcast and he had been working at a dog food factory and his job was standing in front of a machine all day long that made plastic bags for dog food. He started messing around with some cheesecake recipes. The first few weren't so great. Then he made a few that were that were tasting better. And then a couple came out really well, but he couldn't finish them all. And so he called up the local fire station and said, can I bring down some cheesecake? And they were like, sure. Next thing he knows, he gets a call from the fire chief and he says, hey, are you the guy who made those cheesecakes? And he says, yes. He said, one of our sergeants is having a birthday. Would you make a dozen of them? And he said, sure, I'll figure it out. So he made them and they liked it. Next thing he knows, he starts doing this on his off time from his factory job and he starts going into town and selling cheesecakes and walking into the post office and the barber shop and saying, does anyone want to buy a cheesecake? And some people looked at him like he was crazy and some people were like, sure. It grew and it grew and it grew and he kept writing in and telling me, oh my gosh, this podcast is inspiring me. You won't believe what's happening. I'm really doing this thing and I'm having fun. And I never even knew that I was good at making cheesecake, but I just picked it up and look what's happened. And then you wouldn't believe it, but he goes to work one day and he gets fired and he's leaving the office and he gets a call and his friend says to him, you know, today's National Cheesecake Day. And he goes home and he tells his wife, oh my gosh, I got fired and I don't know what we're going to do. And she says, what do you mean you don't know what you're going to do? You're going to do cheesecake full time. And he couldn't believe it. He's like, wait, we need health insurance, this, that. And she's like, Greg, it's National Cheesecake Day. If there was ever a sign. And he decides, all right, we're going to get a brick and mortar. And they, they do it. And he said, we said to ourselves, if we can make enough money, in the first month to pay the rent, we would keep the shop for a few months. 
on the opening day of that cheesecake shop, they made twice the rent money in one day. The line was around the block and it's just been amazing. And he came on and told the whole story and I was crying. It's just so inspiring. You have to hear it. But here is his little update of what's been going on since he was here. Hey, Kathy, this is Greg Franklin, the Cheesecake Ninja. Congratulations on four years with your podcast. I'm so excited for you. Since we have been on the podcast uh, in December of 2019, we've been incredibly busy. Since we opened, we have expanded into not just cheesecakes. We're doing cheesecakes and gooey butter cakes and cookies. And we are catering to weddings and some other events like that. Um, we provide cheesecake to a couple local restaurants in our town. We recently, the end of last year, bought an old U-Haul truck that we're converting into a food truck so we can expand our area a little bit and do some more events, um, farmers markets, food truck rallies and stuff like that. And that will be added sometime in the spring. Also, we have gotten a lot of questions in the last couple of years about shipping, mainly from listeners who have heard our story on your podcast or in the book. We're not ready to do shipping yet, but we are starting to investigate doing that a little bit. Cheesecake will not be the first thing that we're going to be shipping, but we're going to do our gooey butter cakes and cookies and stuff like that. Since COVID has happened, we thought that we were going to be losing a little bit of business, but we've actually gained a whole lot. So it's been pretty busy around the clock and taking special orders and delivering. We've, we've added a lot of deliveries onto our normal day-to-day -day stuff. And we're just kind of growing a little bit. There's still just me in the bakery. I have a little help from my family, but hopefully in the next year or so, we can be busy enough to start actually hiring people. We have a lot of people that inquire about that. And that's what we've been up to in the last couple of years since we have been on the podcast and since you've started your podcast. Hopefully you have a great next few years with upcoming episodes and we're excited to hear more stories um, from people that we've inspired. It's still weird that we inspire people. We do have people randomly come in that have heard about us from the podcast or from the book. So uh, being on that has helped us a lot. And we look forward to many more years with you. Greg, you're the best. It's so awesome to hear that the pandemic has actually brought you more business and you're continuing to show up and serve and make those delicious cheesecakes and butter cakes. Please keep us posted when you're shipping because I think everyone listening will want to order from you and support you. Everyone go check out Greg's delicious desserts. His website is thecheesecakeninja.com and he's also on Facebook and Instagram at thecheesecakeninja. So we're also going to share with you an interview today as well. So you got to hear some updates on some listeners and the cool things that have happened. And now we're going to be joined by my amazing friend, Jill Stanton. She's the co-founder of Screw the 9 to 5. She's a serial entrepreneur, podcaster, a business coach, and she's back today on the show to share some nitty gritty tips about creating pop-up groups on Facebook and running challenges that lead to a successful launch. If you haven't listened to the other times that she's been on the podcast, you should definitely check that out after this one because they're all jam-packed with so much actionable advice. And this is another discussion that will leave you with 
pages and pages of notes. She's brilliant. She brings such a spark to my life. And I'm so grateful for how generous she is with her wisdom. Without further ado, please welcome the awesome Jill Stanton. So we're going to get into some really fun stuff today. Jill is such a wizard at gathering human beings and lighting things on fire in the best way, (laughs) mostly in people's hearts and in a realm of possibility and then helping people quit their boring day jobs and do their own thing. And um, we're going to talk about some of the specific, most exciting ways she's been growing her own business and her, her, um, her whole team lately. But before we dive in, since it's maybe the first time people are hearing from you, even though you've been on the podcast before a couple of times, why don't you just talk a little bit about your transformation journey where you were going from the, you know, the typical nine to five and then what the light bulb was and what you started to see as possible. Want to know what the most ironic thing is, is both Josh and I have never had a nine to five. <laughs> you were a bartender, right? Yeah. So I like a different kind of nine to five, 9 yeah. PM till 5 AM mm-hmm. <laughs> opposite. But um, yeah, we were never those people who ever fell into that. I think both of us knew straight out of the gate that that was not the option for us. That was not the life for us. So we got started because when I first met Josh, I was still bartending. Like I didn't really, I was involved in web TV. Um, And this is like the days of MySpace. But I created this show called 20 something. And it was like the view meets sex in the city for women in their 20s. Um, And then that spun off into a travel show I was doing with one of my co hosts from 20 something called Jill and Stacy do the Rue, which was like an Australian travel show. But that got sponsored. So that was what was taking us to Australia. And I met Josh right before I was moving. And he had his own online business. And it was so new to me, I had, had no clue. So he was really my first mentor, funny enough, he taught me the ropes. And I was watching him make all this money, not really working, working online, having all this freedom, doing all these travels. And I was like, how do I do some of this? And so I started pitching my, (laughs) the owners of the bars that I would work at to let me manage their social media. And I got like three clients. I was so pumped. I was making more money than I ever had as a bartender. And I was watching Josh kill it. And I was slaving away like on Twitter, like talking nonstop. And I was just disenchanted with it after about a year or so. And he was getting disenchanted with his business. And he was like, well, do you want to start a site together? I was like, yes. He's like, we should start an affiliate site, a skincare affiliate site. And I was like, I'm in. What's an affiliate site though? (laughs) So he very much walked me through it. And so that was our first business together was a skincare affiliate site. And if you don't know what affiliate marketing is, it's essentially you are the connector between the merchant and your audience. And so you are the go-between. And if someone clicks your link and makes a purchase, which is tracked, you get a commission. And so we got that site up to making like 3,000, 3,500 a month. And then just start replicating the process until we had 30 different sites. People started asking us how we were doing, what we were doing. Like, how are you making money? You drug dealers? Like, what's going on here? (laughs) And so it was actually on our wedding week that we had the idea to do Screw the 9 to 5. And that was back in the beginning of 2013. And it's just been like a journey of throwing it at the wall, seeing what sticks, cutting what doesn't, amping up what does, and really like just trying to tune into what feels light. So you got your affiliate marketing up to making like a hundred thousand dollars a month almost. No, 
<laughs> but we capped out at about 14,000. Not all okay. our sites were wins. That's for sure. But that's um, but still amazing, of- right? Yes, for people to hear like, oh, I don't have to make a product. I don't have to have do anything. Service, <laughs> I just no fulfillment. To- you just have to send traffic and we could do it from anywhere. So we were building those all over Southeast Asia while we were traveling around. And it was just, it was so rad. So, okay. That um, is really rad. And what's really cool to know is that that was just the beginning of the story. Yeah. Because here you were making 14,000, you said a month doing affiliate stuff. And then you started your own brand, screw the yeah. nine to five. And what happened then? Um, well, like in the beginning, a lot of ugly crying, (laughs) let's just keep it real. It was actually quite a journey for us until probably like 2015 was when we really, so we had two years that felt like, Oh my God, is this ever going to (laughs) work? Um, the idea was to help other people learn how to do that affiliate marketing, right? So they could be off the grid and they could be in Australia or wherever they wanted to be. You would think that that we would have done that in the beginning because that's the most straightforward, no-brainer thing. But we did not think like that at the time. We were like, you know what? We should teach guest posting for SEO purposes. Like we had no clue. We had no clue. We had never built a personal brand. We had never really taught anything online. Like we were so green. And so our first program called Badass Guest Blogging sold zero like literally no one bought it. Um, and that was our lesson to start teaching what we knew and start teaching affiliate marketing. And from there, things started to roll for us. And we started a free group and then that really blew up for us. And then we started a membership and that started to roll. That's how we really started clocking some serious wins. Um, and then yeah, your it- membership got up to like 40,000 or your, your Facebook group got up to like 40,000 people. Right. Yeah, 40, and then your 000. membership started making like crazy amount of money. Of yeah. So it was, yeah. it capped out at like, by the time we closed, it, it was like three thirty a year, 330,000 a year. And we mm-hmm. made the decision after we had a tiny human who knew that they <laughs> caused you to readjust your priorities. Um, the year that we had our son, we realized like, this was no longer in alignment with our values and how we wanted to run our business. And so we shut down every single paid offer that no longer served us in an attempt to get back in line with our values and in back into a business that felt light versus heavy and didn't feel like we had to be on or time zone dependent in order to build something that mattered to us. Mm -hmm. And so we spent all of 2019 just promoting other people's programs, again, circling back to affiliate marketing, kind of full circle moment for us. And then this year we really found our groove. We, figured out our next moves, our next steps, created a boot camp that we love doing. It's one of our favorite things that we do called Course Creators Bootcamp and then our signature program, which is called the Live Launch Accelerator. And then we have a membership again, which is also something I said I would never do. And then restarted another membership site called the Course Creators Lounge. So it's so cool. And as you can see, you guys, like everybody is on the journey of, you know, figuring it out as we go, you know, you take messy action and you just keep getting the next clue and the next clue and the next clue. So what I want to ask you about is we have a lot of people in our community who um, they want to create more visibility. They might be interested in five-day challenges because they have an idea that launching, right? They've heard this idea, like you need to launch, right? And maybe a five-day challenge is a good thing. We should talk about pop-up groups and they want to have an offer at the end of the five-day challenge. And so a lot of people in our space are coming up with programs that they want to create. Have you found in the journey of all different, getting your hands all over the, the different ways to make money online that 
people having courses or programs is indeed one of the most, or the, the thing that winds up being most lucrative, or do you feel like there's other aspects that are just as shiny? Um, I absolutely think it's the most highly leverageable thing you can do hands down because you can create it once sell over and over and over and over and over again. Now, like launch versus evergreen. That's so up to your like personal style. I personally love the excitement of launches. I know you do as well, Kathy, like you love your, your challenges. Yeah. We love our boot camps. Like that was our biggest win of 2020 hands down was discovering paid boot camps, like essentially paid challenges. We just call them boot camps. Um, and incorporating my mindset coaching. Like that was hands down my biggest win of 2020 personally, but we love that element of live, right? However, we are also developing like an evergreen system to get customers 24 seven, because here's the thing. If your business is reliant on launch periods, well, then if you have one launch that doesn't really perform as well as you thought it was going to be, now you're back into a place of push maybe feeling a bit financially desperate or heavy or mm -hmm. you know, scarce. And so I love when course creators or coaches even, or membership site owners, even personal brands really can have a, this like stealthy, dangerously effective way of getting customers 24 seven, and then use your launches to upgrade them into higher tier offers or higher ticket offers. And so mm -hmm. that's what we, we really do with, we have a thing called course creators funnel, which kind of teaches that process of like how course creators can create this 24 seven, like sales process to get customers. Yeah. And then when you go to do your launch period, it's like, boom, and you get way bigger results in a shorter amount of time. And then we do all of that through pop-up groups, like you were saying. So, I mean, to my mind, like me personally, and you and I go back and forth about this all the time, because I feel like you're such a ninja with online marketing. And I really kind of like shied away from funnels and under, because it feels so not me and like not my style. It feels automated. It feels right. Um, and I think one of my, my gut feelings is that it's really, especially in the beginning to just dial in your signature sauce. Like yes. before you set something on auto, like yes, make sure it's Agreed. ironclad. Everyone loves it. You delivered it over and over again. So now you can kind of like set it and forget it. Yes. And truth be told, even my friends who have really, really pro um, evergreen stuff, like Susie Moore, who mm -hmm. she's so good at it. She spends a ton on Facebook ads every month. Oh, ton. for sure. And even what she makes back, what I'm able to make in a live launch is many times that. And it's not because mm -hmm. she's not amazing. She's one of the best at it. I think it's just that where energy goes, attention flows. 100%. And so there's something about that live launching that I think is just, it's just so powerful. And so you're so great at it and you've kind of sweetened it by actually charging for it. Like you found a way to take that live launch and in and of itself, you've already made money just doing the live launch. And then there's an offer at the end. Let's talk about launching using mm -hmm. pop-up groups, how we can make that happen. If you're just starting and you yeah. want to make one of those, you want to do one in January, let's say, how can we wrap our mind around what it is and how to get started? Okay, cool. So to me, a pop-up group is intentional. It's purposeful. It's finite. And it's centered around a promotion. And so that looks very different to a free group that is open 24 seven. Like the 
free Facebook groups I used to have did not have like a specific purpose to them. It was just a community building effort, similar to like building an audience. Right. And so, and also at that time, Facebook groups were new, like they weren't all the rage at that point. So they were super new. Um, so I'm always a fan of creating these like finite experiences for people. That's what I think really drives home the punch of a launch is when you can turn it into like this all encompassing, supportive, high on the results, totally. high on the feels, high on the hype experience for people, whether it's free or paid. The reason we choose to go paid is because we ran free challenges in the beginning and we just didn't have the buy-in from people. They wouldn't show up the whole way through. They wouldn't implement what we were talking about and therefore they weren't really getting results. And that's a no it was annoying to us at least. And we didn't really have skin in the game. You know, as people started to drop off, we'd be like, I'm bored. Right. But as we started putting a ticket price on it, which started as 37 and then went up to 47, well, people show up for that. They show up every day to wow. every call. They do the work because we have a one page blueprint. That's like the center of our, our bootcamp process. And so they have skin in the game. And because they have skin in the game, we have skin in the game. And so everyone wins. And so whether you choose to do free or paid, just realize like the main intention of these pop-up groups is to help people get a result on one particular like micro promise, right? So just to keep it meta, I'll use ours as an example. So ours is called the Course Creators Bootcamp. And the reason we created that challenge essentially is because our mm -hmm. ultimate play is the live launch accelerator where we teach people how to sell their course using pop-up groups challenges and all that. But I know that in order for someone to say yes to the live launch accelerator, well, they sure should need an offer to sell. And so the course creators bootcamp is helping them create and design their offer, get it all outlined so that they do have a way to sell it, or they do have something to sell when we go to pitch the, the signature program. Right. And so mm -hmm. the whole promise of the bootcamp or the bootcamp has its own promise associated with it that is separate to the live launch accelerator. So if you are going to do a challenge, that's what I've always seen work the best is when there is a specific deliverable or result or outcome that people can get from your pop-up group. Cause then it's going to be a no brainer for people. They show mm -hmm. up, they get results. And then you have all these case studies to share when you go to do another one. Yep. So that's makes so much sense. So tell us how you keep that going for them. What do you do yes. to keep them engaged? You give them homework. How are you getting them to show up and do the work? Perfect. So number one, we send out a schedule with all the dates. Everyone puts it into their Google calendar. We have a shared calendar, right? So everyone is in the loop. Next, we have registration sessions, which are team hosts. And people can come on. They learn how to use the portal, what things are happening on what dates, where the replays can be found, how to download their blueprint, That's where smart. to ask questions. And so they feel fully seen, heard, and supported. Now, again, ours is paid. So we want to make sure that they feel like they're getting their value, right? And then there's two of us, like it's me and Josh hosting this. So I do mindset sessions first thing in the morning at nine or 10 AM EST. And so I get people super hyped. And then I'm saying like in 10 minutes, Josh is starting his session. Here's what we're going to be talking about. This is where we get into like the nitty gritty, the strategy. And that's what people are really there for, of course, but the mindset gets them into 
truthfully, if I'm being fully transparent, straight up honest, like my mindset sessions are done with a purpose and it's to overcome objections. It's to get people primed and ready because we know we're going to make an offer. And so I try to center my mindset sessions around certain beliefs that I know are blocking people. And so it's all around the power of investing in, in yourself. It's all around the power of current beliefs and future beliefs. It's all around the power of like playing to win versus playing to not lose. And so I'm trying to set people up to leave their old limiting beliefs behind so that they can make the best decision for themselves if and when they choose to join the accelerator. So with Josh's session, every single session is built around the one page blueprint. So every day he's tackling one piece of the blueprint. It's not like we're going like, here's a whole mini course you have to do. Here's like a workbook. None of that. It's like one page blueprint. That's it. Today we are focusing on step one and step two of the blueprint, right? And then people go through the strategy with him. And then in 90 minutes after his session ends, we have an action thread go live. And it's like, fill in your details that you took action on today from Josh's session with your blueprint. And they take a screenshot and they post it in the thread and they ask a specific question if they feel like they're stumped. And then all of our coaches go in and just like hammer that thread so that people are feeling seen, heard, supported, acknowledged. They feel like they have clarity and are ready for next the next day. And so we just try to set it up so, so that they're taking action. <laughs> they're implementing and they're getting results because that's the biggest thing for us. And so first of all, what do you see that's the biggest resistance for people when you're teaching them something new? Is there a point where you feel people are going to drop off? Or you, yeah. Do you feel like the homework sometimes can be too intense? Most people think that you have to like give, 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 give all the things, right? But that'll overwhelm the hell out of people. And if you overwhelm people with your content, in the pre-launch process, oh my god! right? You have cannibalized your offer because it's not about teaching everything inside pop-up groups. It's teaching the what and the why and the how is your offer. So when we're talking about what you want to do, for example, course creators bootcamp, like we're talking about designing an offer, right? So what is the stuff that is going to go into your course? Why do we outline it this way, right? So it's what and why. In the accelerator, it's all the how. So we just stick with like, what are we going to be doing? What are we going to be teaching? Why are we teaching this? And how is it helping someone move to the next step, right? And so there's no like, here's how you do it. Here's a tutorial. Here's this. Here's that. None of that. It's light on content, but the content we do provide goes deep. Does that make sense? Yeah. It's not mad overwhelming. And the reason I say that is because we learned that lesson by doing it wrong. <laughs> yeah. Our, one of our, I think it was like our third pop-up group we ever did, which was free, um, was called the Audience Accelerator. And the promise of that was grow your audience more in 30 days than you have in the last three months. And it was all how-to content for 30 days straight. And it overwhelmed the hell out of people. Like no matter what we did, we couldn't bring it back. We were posting catch-up playlists. We were hosting Q&As left, right, and center, but we had just done the damage within the first two weeks. And then we still had two more weeks until the, the offer even opened. And so anytime we are talking about pop-up groups, we always say like, even if you think, okay, I'm going to teach this, take another look at it and see what can I peel back? What isn't like mission critical for them to know in order for them to get a result, like dial it back more than you think you need to, Yeah, because it's already new to people. And so they're already going to have questions and they're already going to run into their own beliefs that are going to stop them. Can I really do this? Am I smart enough? 
Is anyone going to want this? Why would they want to work with me? Will they really pay this much? I'm not techy enough. I'm too old. I'm too young. It's all the stuff that stops them is all the beliefs they have about their lack of worthiness or their inability to do something or their lack of finances or their lack of time. That's always what it comes down to in my experience. And so everything we do inside our pop-up groups is always trying to like bump them up, like help them through this, help them get wins. Like the whole um, vibe of our course creators bootcamp all the time, we're saying messy action friends. You don't have to get it perfect. Messy action, make it happen, right? Like that's all we need to worry about. Just take messy action and figure it out later. There. You're a hundred percent right. And I want people to really hear this because I always say that you shouldn't hold information back because information is out there anyway. And you don't have to worry about like, oh, well, I can't be so generous because then no one will buy my, I want to just make sure that two things are clear. Number one, that's not what she's saying. Mm-hmm. She's saying you can be even more generous if you don't overwhelm them. That's number one. And number two, what I want people to get is that if you're taking a college class on advertising, the teacher, I remember taking a class in the communications department on advertising. The teacher was not saying like, go ahead, design a logo, come up with a brand. And like, let's talk about exactly how you're going to do it. Instead, he was throwing on the board case studies. Let's look at Nike. Let's look at Google. Let's Mm. look at Coca-Cola. Let's look at what they're doing. Let's look at why they're doing that. Why are they using that color? Why are they using that slogan? Oh, you start observing it and understanding it. Mm -hmm. And then you start to move closer toward it. And you're, you're exactly right. Once you start to show somebody the how, oh my God, that's when all their resistance is all the limits, right? It's going to require a lot. Speaking to the generosity piece or like, I won't feel generous if I'm not over delivering. You actually do people more of a disservice when you overwhelm them because they get in their head. Oh, I can't do this. I'm not smart enough. I don't get it. And they will just disengage. And that's the worst thing you could do because you want to keep them engaged so that you can help them more. And so when you overwhelm people because you just want to serve, serve, serve or over deliver, it's just about switching your perspective and saying, I can still over deliver and curate the content that I deliver so that it is received as powerfully as possible, right? So that they can actually feel empowered to take action and get results. Because so often we think that we need to over deliver. That's really our own stuff coming up. Oh, I'm not good enough unless I, you know, wow people and give them all the things, but it's not that at all. You actually have more of an impact on people when you empower them to take action and get results. And that is typically through curating the content you put in front of them. This is really powerful because it really is a paradigm shift. And I talk to so many people in our programs who feel not only what you just said, but also that they better keep the program small because they are required to almost do it for each client. Mm -hmm. So they need to have six people. They can't even imagine having a program with a hundred people or a thousand people because they feel obligated to get the person results, to do it for them. Can you explain how it really actually works in whatever program we're teaching where we can let go of feeling responsible completely to do the work for people? I cannot tell you how big of a struggle this was for me for years. Like even in my membership site or in our membership site, I had all the worthiness issues. Like I remember when Josh like busted me on it. (laughs) He went through like this thread that was months long 
with this dude who just like wasn't taking action. And I would be like, Kevin, what can I do? Like, let me help you. Do you need me to write your copy for what? Like it was a $69 a month membership. And I was like rewriting people's copy. I felt so on the hook for other people's results. And it was before I really understood the power of responsibility, self-responsibility, empowering those people to have the responsibility to change their life. And that comes down, it's not content related, right? That is all inner game. And if you can help them shift their beliefs and their identity, how they see themselves, I'm not smart enough, I'm not good enough, no one would like me enough, I'm young, not young enough, I'm not pretty enough, I'm not good enough on, you know, whatever it is. If you can help them get that stuff out of the way, taking action and getting results on the content you provided in your course will be so much easier for them. And so, no, it's not about giving them all the things. It's about giving them exactly what they need, but helping them more so with the inner game, helping them remove the obstacles, the self-placed obstacles that are keeping them right where they are, keeping them as they currently are instead of continuously evolving and stepping into a higher version of themselves. And that's really a delicate balance because it starts with us taking full responsibility, right? Like I can only do so much for people until it's on them, right? And so allowing myself to lean into that and be okay with that. I think I had a whole lot of like the more, I mean, I know you just came back from Joe Dispenza, but he was like my gateway drug into all things identity and beliefs and all of that. I remember I, I listened to Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself four times because it was super dense and really his whole perspective of like, if you are not responsible for yourself, nothing outside of you can ever change your life. It all comes down to who you want to be and your personality becomes your personal reality, right? And so really diving into that. So helping your students in that respect, right? Like opening up Q&A sessions. I think Q&A sessions can be one of the best things you incorporate into pop-up groups, launches, bonuses, courses, all of that, because that's your chance to help them see the higher version of themselves and spot their blind spots, right? Because sometimes we're too close to something and we can't see it for ourselves. And so helping people move through those blocks um, that are keeping them stuck is one of the most powerful things you could do. And it has nothing to do with the course content you provide. That was amazing. <laughs> and it's so, so true. You know, he's a great example because I looked at him and I watched and witnessed, I stood there and witnessed how he held space for a thousand people without talking to a thousand people, without mm. getting into each person's story. And I thought, you know why he's doing it and he's able to do it successfully is because he's consistently reminding you that the truth lives inside of you. Yeah. you. You are the mystic, right? The the divine is inside of you. And, and so what he's hoping to do is just help you find your own process, not that you need him. You're not dependent on mm. him. And I think that what we need to sell people is a method, is something duplicable, replicable, rather than like, no, it's me. And if I don't do the work for you, I'm, I'm just letting, it's like a parent saying to the child, like, no, you need me to tie your shoes. You need me to get you dressed. You need me to feed you. It's like a good parent is showing them, I'm going to show you once or twice and you're going to do it. And I believe in you and I'm going to empower you to figure this out mm. and let go by just seeing the truth in them. Right. And really making sure you resonate there. I think that's really important. You just said, having Q and A's. And that's really interesting, Jill, you and I haven't even talked about this, but I'm 
for sure a big fan of, of creating intimacy. And so I've mm-hmm. moved away from webinars years ago, never liked it anyway. And I don't use any slides. I just kind of go live, but I do it yeah. in a Facebook group and it's just me and I see them in the chat. But yeah. would you suggest that even like sweetening the deal might be seeing people's faces even in a launch and doing it on, even if it's like lots of people, but having them get a taste of interacting 100%. with you? Zoom meeting. And so we did this in two ways. One, so we have a VIP element to our bootcamp and that's done with Zoom meetings and all of our Q and A's, we have rules. Like you have to have your video on in VIP. Like if not, just leave and come back when you're ready, right? But if you ask a question, we're like unmute and ask so that we can have a conversation. We like that better. Now also for if we were to do webbies and if you were to host it on Zoom meetings, then I'm all for, or even on Zoom webinars and just make someone a panelist and unmute them there. I love bringing in any element of intimacy that we possibly can, even if it is just unmuting for two minutes for us to do a quick Q&A. And there's ways to structure it. You could be like, you have two minutes. So if you could use 30 seconds to state your question, then we can have 30 seconds and then 90 seconds to jam on it. I think there's like restrictions or constructs in order for someone to have, like make it scalable and successful. But I'm all for weaving in intimacy wherever you can. And I'm all for people unmuting, showing their face because we want people to feel seen, heard and acknowledged, right? We want them to connect with us. I mean, you and I have... I feel like we have very similar values and that we value connection. Like that Mm -hmm. is my number one core value. And it comes through stuff like this. Q and A is like unmuting, seeing people's faces, like getting the nuance of what they're trying to say and helping them through that. In the beginning for people, like it feels like, no, no, no. They don't want to work on their beliefs or their mindset. What they want is to blah, blah, blah. In my space, in your space, it's to make money, right? Like that's typically what people think they want the most. But what they need is stuff underneath that. And so our marketing plays to what they want, but when we over-deliver in our courses or our coaching programs or our membership communities, whatever, we're giving them what they truly need. And that's a lot of the inner game work, helping them see things in a different light or from a different perspective or help them realize, like, I I don't know if you find this, but in my communities, a lot of people think it isn't happening for them. Oh, this didn't work. So it's not happening for me. Or I thought it would be faster by now. So clearly it's not happening. And I was even just talking to a chick. She's making a few hundred thousand. And she said, I just thought it would happen a lot faster. I was like, you're seeing it wrong though. It is happening. It is happening. It's in the process of happening right now. It's just, you are choosing to focus on it, not happening. But if you could zoom out, because most people think it's not happening because they're in it, right? They're in it. They can't see it. But if you could zoom out, you would see it's happening faster and more beautifully than you could have ever imagined, right? So it is happening. It's just sometimes everything we want requires a certain level of capacity or skill set or operations, right? And so it's calling us to expand into that level. And so what you are getting right now, even if it doesn't feel like it's a lot, it's a reflection of your current capacity and what you can handle, you know, six customers at a time or, you know, a hundred people in your pop-up. That is your current energetic capacity level or your operational capacity level. And it's calling you to expand into the next level and realize, oh, it is all happening, but I'm just currently limiting myself by my current capacity and my focus on it not happening. Does that make sense? Oh my God. That was so brilliant. That could be a book. That's so good. (laughs) Write it down. It's so good. It's 
to the extent that we we are allowing this ourselves to have the capacity to hold it. Mm. And it's okay because there are moments where you realize you want more and then you go, oh my God, but I only spent $16 on Facebook ads. <laughs> so of course I had nine people in the challenge and three people showed up. So that's reflecting now I'm ready to spend $37 to yeah. get the word out more or I realize I probably should have one support person at this point. Cause yes. if I want more than 49 people to enroll, it's probably because I need to play a bigger game. I'm and the I, bottleneck. Yes. And yeah. so, and give yourself a break. Like you can only be where you are. Right. And then you wake up to it and you're ready to expand. And I love what you just said. So let's talk about the expansion of the, of the challenge. So you go through the pop-up yep. and then it comes time for the offer, right? Yes. It comes time for the offer. Do you do that on day four or day five? Well, my friend Stacy just said you should pitch on day four, and I was like, "What? That's what Didn't I even do." Ever... You pitch on day four? Yeah. Oh my god, you're smart too. No, I never <laughs> thought to do that. What we were doing was five days plus a pre-party, so six days of content, then bonus training, then the second bonus training was our pitch. So we were essentially teaching for eight days before making a pitch, and so now we're like, ah. <laughs> We could nix the final two bonus days and pitch on day five. And if we really wanted to be stealthy, we'd figure out how to pitch on day four. And another thing I wanted to say is um, when we are talking about really like how do we communicate our content or how do we deliver our content or we don't want to overwhelm people, I think the biggest thing to think about when you are figuring out what your bootcamp or your pop-up or your challenge is going to be about is think about what is the first domino people need to, or what's the biggest domino or biggest obstacle, the biggest reason people would say no to my main offer. What is that obstacle or belief or hiccup or domino that I need to knock over so that it's a hell yes when I go to present my offer. And so that's why, again, like just re- reverse engineering, like what's my main play? My main play is my signature offer. Okay. What can I make my pop-up or my challenge that is congruent to that, but agitates the gap, right? So it gives them a, a micro result, right? Through your promise of your pop-up, but then it agitates the gap from where they are to where they want to be, right? So for example, with CCB, our bootcamp and our accelerator, well, they have their offer designed, but they don't know how to sell it. And that's where the live launch accelerator yeah. comes in. So we agitate that gap. And when you can really find a sweet spot with that, your conversions will just start clocking. Like you'll that just- That makes so boom, much boom, sense. Boom, and that's boom. such a brilliant question. You know, what is the thing that they need to knock down? What's the barrier mm -hmm. in the way for them to be ready to surrender to this process so that they can take these, this offer that I'm about yeah. to give them? Um, so when you go to- offer it. What I find is it's, I, I feel like I frustrate my students so much. Cause I'm like, so what's the promise when you go to pitch and they're like the promise. And then it's like nine sentences. And I'm like, <laughs> I need that. So clear. I want you to tell like nine me words you know, right? like this program does this. How do you help people succinctly, clearly, what should we do? How, what questions should we ask ourselves? How should we approach that? How come it's so important and how do we do it to get that promise clear? Because when you're communicating with someone, you want it to be snappy, right? Short and snappy. Like for screw the nine to five, 
before I really came into the the seven word intro, I think it's called. I can't remember who coined that, but uh, I think it was Clay Hebert or something. Anywho, it just cuts down the wordiness. And for me, that's a big deal because I'm a talker and I'm a rambler. And so I'll be like, you know what? Screw the nine to five is it's our, an online destination for <laughs> course creators and coaches and some membership site owners who want to, and I'm like, what am I talking about? We help people quit their jobs, right? <laughs> That's what they want to do when they come to screw the nine to five. Right. And so I get that this will take a minute for people to like weed out the wordiness, but if you can fall into the, I help who your ICA is have create, do experience outcome. That's a great place to start. And then you can even add in a tagline of like without or with, or without having to, you know, whatever it is, but the short and snappier, the better, especially now people, it's super noisy. People are distracted. Like we need to get their attention and make it quick. Once you <laughs> go down that path and you start to share the promise and the cart is open, what are the things that are really important to keep in mind so that people will buy into the offer? Number one, clear result. Like what are you going to get when you join this? Number two, bonuses. Bonuses are this underutilized like gem for sales, right? Because a lot of people think what they're buying is the course, but what will really get them to say yes is the bonuses. And how we use bonuses is by turning the objections into bonuses. And so people who feel as though they don't have time, right? How to maybe the cliff notes or the fast track or ways to get more done in less time. If it's money, how to make your investment back or how to double your sales in 30 days, right? Then worthiness. Can I really do this? Well, maybe we have coaching calls so that we can help people facilitate those breakthroughs or there's hot seats or like one of our bonuses inside the accelerator is a call with one of our coaches because we know that when people come out of the accelerator, they're like, okay, great. I feel fired up. I've got my plan. I've got all these things. I've been working on my funnel. Like, oh my God, can I really do this? What happens if I don't? You know, what happens if my ads don't convert? Oh my God, what happens if my husband doesn't get it? What happens if people chirp me online? What happens if this, what happens if this? We're like, let's get on a call with a coach and let us help you work through this. So we have money bonuses, time bonuses and worthiness bonuses. And then this might differ for people who are not in the business space or, you know, anything to do with finances or self-improvement, self-development, money, any of that kind of stuff, but pay attention to what your audience is saying that they currently struggle with when you go to present your offer. And then you can drop mid cart bonuses. Like, you know what you guys have been saying that you're struggling with blah, blah, blah. And so I decided to create blah, 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 or drop a final day bonus. Right. And so that can help you turn so many no's into yeses way more easily than you think. And then my final piece of that, when you are open cart, where you are opening the cart is, um, or even mid cart used to do decision support calls. And this is for people who are on the fence who are like, I think this is the right fit for me, but I've done a million courses and I'm coursed out, or I've been burnt before, or I've tried it and it didn't work, or I don't know if my husband will support this or whatever it's going to be. Right. And so we hop on these calls they are 15 to 20 minutes. And it's just about getting them off the fence. And it's not about me like selling them into it. It's me just holding space for them to make the best decision for them. And if that's not to join, then that's cool too. It's just, indecision is a decision. And so I try to help people just make a choice that feels good to them, whether it's yes or no. 
That is powerful. The thing is that people have a really hard time with this part, with the money part, with receiving mm. the money part. And it, as soon as somebody has an objection, Jill, they're like, okay, then it, it's horrible. I, I can't, yeah. I'm so sorry for breathing. I'm so sorry I didn't put an <laughs> offer out there. So I want to ask you a question for each side of that. When we are starting to feel like we're backpedaling because our worthiness is coming up, what's that about? And how do we get over that? Definitely something that you learned in childhood, 100%. That stuff always, most of the time, comes from an experience you had that you unconsciously made true, right? So money doesn't grow on trees. Rich people are greedy. It's bad to sell. Entrepreneurs are scammers. There's not more where that came from. Hard work equals success. It's hard to make money. All of those beliefs that so many of us were brought up with because our parents just First off, I don't even think like self-awareness was really that much of a thing when our parents were growing up, right? And they came from harder times. And so they weren't as tuned in, tapped in, turned on as a lot of us, right? So I think acknowledging the fact that that you don't have to believe that as truth. Like you do not have to make that a capital T truth for you anymore, but it starts with you becoming aware of where is this coming from? Like, what is the underlying belief that is tripping me up here? Because I promise you, it's not something just like, oh, I just feel off about this. No, it is absolutely from something. And so figuring out like, why do I believe this? And once you come up with that, okay, but why do I believe that? Once you come up with the answer, okay, so where does that come from? And just dwelling down until you find it. I remember this came up for me around receiving and how many of you have ever had an experience where, you know, you're out for dinner or drinks or coffee or sushi with a friend or whatever it is. And they go to pick up the check and you're like, no, 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 no. Please don't like, let's split it. Or I've got it. Please don't let, please don't take their credit card. And you push it away. Right. And we have such a hard time receiving from our friends. And when that behavior bleeds into our business. Like if you cannot accept money from a friend, how the F are you going to accept money from a stranger? Right. And so really delving into that, like, why do I feel obligated to be like, no, 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 please don't pay for me. Please don't do that. Please know what, like, where does that come from? Because I promise you that is tripping you up when it comes to sales, because most people think selling is bad or it's inappropriate during 2020 or whatever it is, but selling is serving. And when you can make that shift, because truly when people pay, they pay attention. I know we've all heard that, but it's so true. Like that transformation happens when they have skin in the game and people don't value free. So if you're ever saying like, well, if I really wanted to help people, I would do it for free. That is the biggest disservice you could do for people because they will not value it and they will not take action because they got it for free. And so I just, I mean, that's such an important rant. And there were two very important parts of it. And the second piece I'm just going to talk about, because you just said it, but when Seth Godin was here, he said, you know, the statistics for us show that the people we give scholarships to in our program are five times more likely to not show up yes. to do the work. And he's like, so I've realized I thought I was helping people and I'm actually keeping them stuck. Yeah. So that's really interesting. The, the other piece of what you said is of course, very true. There's a worthiness to receiving. And, and then here's the thing that I think is buried behind it. I want to hear what you have to say about it. I think there's also a shame. What if I fail? 
Mm. What if I take your money and I don't get you the results? And so I'm scared. I'm scared of failing. And yeah. what you would say about that. Cause it's a big thing to say, here's a promise, right? Put yourself right on the hook. For sure. But How yet- else are you going to learn what to do though? If you don't learn what not to do. Like, I just think so many times people think, no, I have to have all the answers right away, but I'm not saying promise the moon, like make a promise that, you know, you can deliver on. Right. And, and do whatever it takes to serve your audience. Like if you are going to charge like a thousand, 2000, 5,000, whatever for your program, show up for those people. And if they have questions, do another Q and a for them, you know, like go above and beyond for your customers. We're not talking about freebie seekers. We're talking about the lifeblood of your business. And yes, you might fall on your face and you might fail, but all failing is, is the most insane data rich stream of information you could ever have in your business because it causes you to look at things. It causes you to pull things out and be like, what went wrong there? Or how can I make this better? Or why didn't people get the results that I thought they would? What could I tweak? What could I expand on? What could I delve deeper into? What other bonuses could I create? Do I need to reposition this? It's never like game over if you don't get it perfect in the beginning. That's why messy action is so powerful because it gives you the clarity to take the next step. And then by taking messy action on the next step, then you have the clarity to take the next step. And it's this ever evolving process of rocking people's worlds. That doesn't always happen straight out of the gate. I think a lot of people think it has to happen like that, but no one starts that way. I remember taking one of Amy Porterfield's programs that was all about ads that program night and day to what digital course Academy looks like. Now her teaching style, her slide style, the depth of the content night and day from what she does now inside DCA. And she's one of the Queens, right? Like she is one of the go-tos in this space. She did not start that way. She stumbled and iterated and took feedback and made things better. And she's still doing that with DCA, right? Like, Every time I talk to her about her program, she's saying, I'm doing this to make this better. And I got this feedback from these people. And, you know, like all of us are constantly iterating, pick one offer, you do it over and over again. And because you get this rhythm with it, you start to spot, oh, I could seriously improve that. Or I can make this tweak to make this sync up better. Or I could add this bonus in to help them overcome this objection. But that only comes from doing it over and over again and getting better and better and better as you go, because you do not have just one chance, right? The only time that you're out of the game is when you count yourself out. And I think just keeping that in mind and being okay with getting it wrong. So you could learn how to get it right is the only way that you'll, you'll really smash it and knock it out of the park. That's so brilliant. That's so important. We should all just keep listening to those words because I mean, the truth is you're never going to have this like little certificate that tells you you're the best, you know, or like you're absolutely ready to do what you're doing. Um, and you're not going to win because you're ready or because you're the best. You're going to win because you're generous and you're invested in the person you're helping getting to where they need to go. And that counts for a lot and leadership, you know, real leadership, which is what we all want to be. What what you want to be a leader in your home. You want to be a leader in your community. You want to lead. You want to be somebody who is on the hook, who, who, who shows up. Well, that requires letting go of shame so that when you fall and trip 
you can just be accountable for it. That's and so, so I, I love you. And I love what you just shared about Amy. Cause it's like, imagine if I, I was thinking about this the other day, I started Jill, I can't believe it, how much has happened. It's like a rocket launcher in five years, right? I started songwriting 12 years ago, but then I started teaching in any capacity five years ago in my living room to 10 songwriters. And I, I had notes and I blew my hair out. Here I am today, like showing up, talking to you, you know, doing, it was such a different, but I like, and I was like 10 people in my living room, you know, and then it, and then it grew to the next thing. And I rented this little theater and then from there, and then eventually I got online and I just think about like, thank God, right? Because the people who I showed up for as a result of being willing to start where I was, I grew and grew and grew. And now yeah. I can do more things. And I'm sure I'll look back at this and be like, oh, like now, you know, 10 years from now, I'm so much more dialed in or, but it, it is what it is. And I think we have to realize that connection and generosity goes a long way. So I was curious to ask you when you do sell your program, how much of what you're selling is the implementation and the, I'm here to help you with this process and how much of it is the, just the straight up how and the information. The whole offer for the live launch accelerator is us doing it with you because it's a two week program. That's it. And then we have three months for free inside our membership, which has our coaches in it. And we facilitate like co-working sessions and all that kind of stuff. But the live launch accelerator is an accelerated program and it is all done with you. So it's Josh and the coaches for most of the days, walking through the strategy, doing as much Q&A as they possibly can. Like he'll stay on for hours to answer everyone's questions because he wants people taking action. And again, we facilitate co-working sessions with that. So people jump on with our coaches and they do the work. We do Pomodoro style productivity sessions with 25 minutes, heads down, doing one task, five minute break to recap what everyone did and then go another round. We do those for 90 minutes. And so all of it is centered around taking action. And so, yep. and then the second week is all Q and a hot seats, Pomodoro sessions. It's so good. I loved your answer. You're like, that is what we're selling as we're doing 100%. it with you. I a hundred percent agree. And I think I want to make one point really clear too, which is why I think what we just said is not even the whole story, which is that Whatever it is we're teaching, whether we're teaching someone how to make croissants or we're teaching someone how to style hair or we're teaching somebody how to create a course. Your samples teaching, are the best. Aren't they though? They are croissants. <laughs> but whatever we're teaching anyone to do, they will get it by doing the steps. They'll get their own clarity. They'll figure it out like on yes. their own. So our job really is just to get them to do the work and then trust that they're going to get their only epiphanies and clarity really from their own process, from wrestling with themselves, from actually doing it, getting on the bike and then starting by the fourth time to feel what balance feels like, but they can only get that from getting on the bike. And so that's part of why you're really not responsible in the end. It's you're responsible to hold the space and yeah. do everything you can to keep showing a possibility and I'll do it with you. So I love that you just said that. I love that you're doing these co-working sessions. So tell us where we can find you and follow mm. you and be more with you. Yeah. Screw the nine to five.com is the easiest way all spelt out. No numbers. Or if you want to just like creep on MGC, I'm launching that in January and that's over at millionairegirlsclub.com. So I'm still absolutely involved in screw the nine to five. It's like my first baby, but I'm starting this thing called millionaire girls club where I get to connect other high powered kick-ass women who are up to big things and have the guts to go for them. And a lot of that is inner game focus. That's what I love doing. But I only found that out because I just kept moving. I just kept taking action. I just kept doing. I just kept 
showing up for people and realizing and learning on my own as well. Like I'm a voracious reader. And so going through other people's content and finding out what resonates with me and doing my own inner work to peel back the layers and figure out the beliefs that were keeping me stuck and all of that. And now having the awareness and teaching from like a 10% edge. And if you can serve from that place, which is what I'm going into Millionaire Girls Club with is just, I have a 10% edge and inner game. And that's what I'm going to share all the things that I've learned. And, you know, my experience with building the screw up to however many millions of dollars, I think where it's like three or $4 million business out. I have lots to share on that for people who are just at six figures, right? So anywho, so starting Millionaire Girls Club. Thank you for being my friend. Thank you for being my friend and being the light that you are in this world. You're awesome. <laughs> Thanks for Bye having guys. me. Bye guys. Thank you. That was so much fun. Okay. Here are the takeaways. Number one, set people up to leave their old limiting beliefs behind, take action, implement, and get results. Number two, messy action, make it happen. Number three, you do more of a disservice if you overwhelm people with too much content. You'll make a bigger impact when you empower them to take action. Number four, if you aren't responsible for yourself, nothing outside of you can ever change your life. Your personality becomes your personal reality. Number five, weave in intimacy wherever you can. Number six, if you zoom out, you'll realize it's all in the process of happening faster and more beautifully than you could ever imagine. Number seven, selling is serving. People can only have a transformation if they have skin in the game. Number eight, failing is the most data-rich stream of information you can have in your business. And number nine, all of us are constantly iterating. You don't have only one chance. The only time you're out of the game is when you count yourself out. Thank you so much for listening. I know this is such a busy time of year and we are now putting out daily episodes and we're making them short and sweet so that you get a little nugget every morning. So please subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. And today's the day. Leave a review if you want to enter the giveaway. Because this is our four-year anniversary, I'm giving away four prizes to four different people. Each one of the four will get a prize. You'll either win a spiritual gangster sweatshirt or Vera Wang champagne flutes or a podcast mic that you can start your own podcast or a full scholarship to my program made to do this. All you have to do is go on over to my Instagram. You'll see a post where I talk about the giveaway. You need to leave a review for the podcast and then post about the podcast and tag me on Instagram and tell your friends to listen. That's it. I'll be choosing winners tomorrow. And if you felt inspired by this or you learned anything, can you think of someone who might need to hear this episode? If so, email them the link, text them the link. I love you guys and sign up for my five-day challenge, kathyheller.com slash your turn. It's going to be free five days of amazing content. I will be sharing with you how you can get clarity on your calling and how you can turn that into a living so that you can be a person that we're talking about on this show. Why not? Why can't that be you? Of course it can. There's evidence everywhere that says you can do what you love and get paid. I love you guys so much. We'll be dropping another mini episode tomorrow and I'll be back Monday with another full length episode.
let's not leave